This episode of the Stardom Cast is sponsored by Puro TV, your one-stop shop for all your Puro DVD needs. From Stardom to New Japan, from All Japan to Ice Ribbon, as well as incredible box sets documenting the best matches of your favourite Japanese wrestling icons, Puro TV has it covered with new items added every week. And now, as a special gift to listeners of the Stardom Cast, Puro TV are offering 10% off. Simply go to puro-tv.com, use the promo code STARDOMCAST at checkout and get 10% off your entire order. Once again, that's the code STARDOMCAST to receive 10% off your entire order. The link to their website is in the podcast description. And now, on with the episode. Hey, this is Kevin Kelly. Get ready for the latest episode of the Stardomcast. Welcome to the Stardomcast, your weekly audio source of all things World Wonder Ring. Stardom, I'm your host, Rob Goodwin, and I'm joined as ever by Matt Turner. Matt Turner, how are you in the uh, with WrestleMania in the rearview mirror? I am fantastic, Rob. I'm always great, always fantastic. Talk to you and the friends and family of the Stardom cast. Uh, my WrestleMania weekend was fantastic. How was yours, sir? Were you able to catch anything? And other than WrestleMania, uh, whether at the two nights of WrestleMania, was there anything else that you were able to watch, like on the you know independence or, or whatnot? Um, I've seen most of the Ring of Honor show. Um, obviously, with me living in Britain, it's... Uh... Honestly, extremely frustrating time. Um, but I managed to watch. I've watched all of night one of WrestleMania. I've watched most of night two, um, including the puzzling booking of Snoop Dogg, who apparently is the strongest person in the entire WWE. Who'd have guessed it? Um, and yeah, I've seen a couple of things from like the TJPW show. Nothing massive, but little bits here and there. Um, but overall, I thought night one WrestleMania was fantastic. Night two, from what I've seen, was good. Aside from, and I said this to you before uh, before we came on air, Snoop Dogg dropping an elbow that May Sakurai would turn her nose up at. Well, let's put over Snoop Dogg for a second here. I'm assuming that uh, obviously, you know, if you haven't seen it, so Shane McMahon comes out, blows his, you know, blows his knee out. Snoop Dogg calls an audible. Snoop Dogg is not a performer, so kudos to him. Uh, regardless of what you think of the elbow and his phenomenal run uh, rope running ability snoop dogg him in the miz calling that spot on the fly after shay mcmahon who's come back from two years blows his knee out so uh you know kudos to them on on uh, on calling that part on the fly absolutely and to be fair yep completely agree with you why shay mcmahon was uh was in the ring is uh is anybody's guess but uh obviously that's not the only thing that's uh that's come back in the wwe has it at the moment with old uh 
who Vince McMahon seems to be attempting to live out his villain persona and just lean into it now that he's got that sort of uh, sort of Lucifer mustache going on. Um, and yeah, just seems to have sort of reasserted his control after all the controversy surrounding him. Um, but I mean, we talked about this last week and how uh, Meltzer had reported that Stardom were very, very close to signing both the Yoshirai and Dakota Kai, and I believe there was, um, if I remember the story correctly, um, there was actually a deal in place for Dakota Kai before uh, before she was made a part of damage control. Um, so, obviously, Vince has been in charge again for a week, and morale has taken a huge hit, so uh, who knows? We may be seeing some WWE women's talent in stardom sooner than we thought, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we shall see. It really seems like it always seems like spring. There's always crazy stuff going on. Last spring we had the return of Kyrie. This spring we have Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet, and uh, and, and uh, who knows what we'll see at the end of the year, or you know, or if they release a grant, or we'll see this time next year. It always seems like you know every eight to twelve months or so. There's always a huge, huge news break or talent break coming to stardom. So yeah we'll we'll see what happens but uh, you know we are talking about wrestlemania this is a uh, a stardom uh, podcast but i do want to put over io shirai i obviously i'm very i you know i put you over all the time she's my all-time favorite female wrestler of all time i did make mention on the podcast last week that i thought that match was gonna go about six or seven minutes and io would have about 30 seconds in the ring to me i thought she was far and away the mvp of that match just the way she was able to make lita who's had a myriad of injuries throughout her career and bless her for still being in the ring the way she was able to make Lita look really good and Trish look really good and just get her offense in and knowing where she needed to be at all times to me with all six of those ladies Io Shirai maybe I'm a little bit biased but I thought Io Shirai was absolutely the MVP of that match you biased towards Io Shirai no (laughs) come on Matt talk sense (laughs) but no you're absolutely right I mean You've got ring generals in there, such as Bailey, who is a phenomenal talent, criminally underrated, I feel, in the WWE, um, and seems to be unfortunately one of the uh, one of the women who uh, was cut apropos of nothing from uh, from the Raw we saw on Monday. That um, and obviously cage matches uh, is it, it's not the best source for things like this, but it had a cage match rating of I think zero point five five at one point which is just catastrophic really. Um there's very very few overall shows that are uh, that are 0.55. I think it's gone up now to 1. Point something but uh yeah, it's uh, it's a shame but uh yeah, if we are allowed to take a little bit of a silver lining from it then uh, the potential to see the likes of Io Shirai in stardom again is uh is a very very good one and one that i'm very very excited by and obviously you know not just for us but for the women as well who deserve the spotlight i mean there is a ridiculous amount of talent on that wwe women's roster um and if they get the chance to go to other companies and you know show the world what they're capable of and have really long sustained runs then you know it's got to be better than for them than just sitting in the back or not knowing what's happening from one minute to the next so yes i'm being selfish when i say i'd love to see the likes of eo the likes of um dakota kai the likes of bailey definitely i'd like to see them in the uh, in stardom but for them as well 
because obviously morale from the sounds of it has uh, gone from hero to zero in uh, in almost no seconds flat. So uh, obviously we hope things get significantly better for them. Um, yeah. Go on, Absolutely. On. And even if they don't, Rob, even if they don't come to stardom, the starting roster is insanely loaded, sir. Insanely loaded. Oh, God, yes. I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about the main part of our news today is the announcement of basically the full card for uh, All-Star Grand Queendom in the Yokohama Arena on the 23rd of April. So we're going to be talking about that and the absolute chaos that ensued at the press conference. Um, but just looking at that card and the amount of talent that is sort of jammed into the top sort of six, seven matches is absolutely outrageous how talented this roster is. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to talking about that. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts as well on uh, some of the announced matches. Um, but before we do that, Matt, um, what is coming up on our Patreon this week? We released Monday, your cure for WrestleMania hangover <laughs> this past mm-hmm. Monday. Rob and I released the very first match for Insane April. Kyrie teaming up with Mako Satomaru to take on the Goddess of Stardom champions. Well, they were at that time. Mayu Iwatani and one Io Shirai, Thunder Rock. We had an absolute blast calling that. Uh, again, I've talked about it before. It's my favorite Kyrie match of all time. It's my favorite Stardom match of all time. It's just one of my favorite pro wrestling matches of all time an absolute blast coming up this monday we will be uh our uh, alternate commentary excuse me will be chelsea green will be challenging Kyrie for the wonder of stardom championship and that was suggested by our good friend joseph usher on from patreon joseph thank you for that uh that suggestion and i'm excited to watch that with you and that will be dropping on uh this coming monday also the homework is done for Kyrie May Young Classic win. That'll be dropping off sometime in the Patreon in the middle of the month. And at the end of the month, the review of Kyrie's World of Stardom Championship reign. Uh, that'll be there as well. Also, I will be, because I with the Easter coming up, I actually have some time off, believe it or not, Rob Goodwin. I'll be off Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And I took Tuesday off as well. So the Sheary World of Stardom Championship reign will be released. That review will be released sometime in the month of April. And that is for all tiers, the one, the three, and the five, as we get ready to march on to the fantastic new upgrades of the Patreon, which uh, we've gotten so much positive feedback about. And I'm so excited for all the new stuff that we're going to be doing here. Also, uh, I have locked down our next interview. We have not locked down an exact date yet, but I've locked down our next interview. And what, wait, wait, wait for this cheap plug, Rob. And if you want to know firsthand who we're going to be interviewing next, subscribe to our YouTube channel because when I do the what's coming up next on the uh, on the weekly <laughs> thing that we post on the YouTube channel, I will be revealing who it is there. And it's somebody that's uh, very near and dear to my heart. And if somebody that was not involved in professional wrestling, there'd be a lot of wrestlers that are currently making six and seven figures right now that probably uh, would have a little harder time getting there. Um, so yeah, so I will be announcing uh, the great guy. This it's a gentleman. It's the only thing I'm going to give a uh, give, give the spoiler on. It's a gentleman. This gentleman is a phenomenal storyteller. So yeah, I will be releasing that on the uh, the next YouTube what we have coming up video. So subscribe to the YouTube channel, folks. It's free. <laughs> it is indeed free and uh, i'm very excited for this obviously we've had a lot of positive feedback in terms of the alison danger interview and you know we we've acknowledged that obviously we know it's not 
hugely stardom orientated but you know when we're talking about you know tours of japan and japanese talent and things like that and the stories that are told as well are incredibly fascinating and i feel that this is going to be very very similar so make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts um obviously it'll drop on patreon as well you'll get it um a day early same as the free podcast and ad free and also make sure you tune in to our youtube channel as matt's already said where he will give his rundown of what we've got going on next week and who knows where matt is going to be when he does this will he be in front of his car in his living room where will he be because that's half the joy I, of me doing it <laughs> I, I don't even know like i i was i was and i think i even said it last week i was like well you know i'm throwing a wrestlemania party at my parents house which which was my childhood home and Back in the you know ninety uh, nine nineties and early two thousands, every just it was just about every Sunday we had people over there because you had the WWE pay per views, the WCW, and then ECW ran uh, six pay per views a year as well. So if it wasn't every week, it was like every other week. So last year was the first time that we got we got back together in my parents' house with a lot of my friends, and I talk about it all the time. I'm so fortunate that my group of friends I've had literally since I was you know kindergarten, grade school, and I I touch base with them you know constantly. So it was that's where I was going to do it. I'll do it right here in my, you know, my parents' living room. I'll, you know, go to a quick shot of the party. And then it was like, you get there, you're talking to your friends. You, you really don't see that much. It's just life happens, you know, married, move away, kids, yada, yada, yada. So um, I was totally going to do it. And then I'm driving home from my, my, you know, I live an hour away from where my, you know, where my parents live. I'm about halfway home. It's like 1230. And I was like, oh, son of a gun. I forgot to cut that promo. And I was like, well, I guess I'll have to do it Monday morning in front of my video game machine. So uh, that's where that one was. But yeah, it's, it's kind of half the fun. Like, where will I do it this time? So <laughs> Make sure you check it out. That drops on a Monday night at 10 o'clock British Standard time um but let's talk a little bit about the news coming out of stardom and obviously the big thing to come out of stardom this week was that a press conference on the 3rd of april happened where we got a far fuller picture of what is going to be going down at the yokohama arena so what i'll do is i will read down the card that we have in place there's a couple of X's, a couple of missing people that by the time we come to you next week, they should be filled out and we'll be able to talk about those in a little bit more detail. So we have got the Yokohama Rumble. I imagine that is going to be either the pre-show or the opening. And the first participant of that is the, uh, Momo Nakanishi, who was in the um, the Rumble at Budokan. Um, we've then got an eight-woman tag with Natsukatora, Saki Kashima, Ruaka, and Momo Watanabe taking on the team of Mariah May, Xena, X, a mystery opponent who is going to be revealed on tomorrow as we record the 6th of April show in Sendai, the new member of Club Venus, um, and Tekla, just tagging Tekla in there as well, because why not? Um, we've got a high-speed tag match, which is going to be heaps of fun. We've got Starlight Kid on one side and uh, Mesagora on the other side. Both of them have got mystery partners. Uh, Starlight Kids is less of a mystery because it's been announced. Um, her partner is going to be um, who was... May Hoshizuki, obviously she did a brief stint in stardom, had a great match with Azumi for the high-speed title. Um, her name has now been changed to Maysera. 
um, and she will be teaming with Starlight Kid. At the moment, we don't know who May Suruga's tag partner is, but I have an inkling, which I'll be sharing with you all later. Um, we've got a tag match, Fua. Um, who we've talked about before. She has got a mystery partner and she's going to be tagging against the Queen's Quest team of Utami and Miyu Amasaki. We then move into what are considered our, our big matches. And there are seven of them, just to uh, just to show you how stat this show is going to be. Um, we start with the Goddess of Stardom Championship match. Uh, seven up taking on the new eras, Mirai and Amisori. Um, Himika's retirement match, um, which is sort of not her retirement match anymore, but is. Um, she's taking on Micah. Um, we've then got the Artist of Stardom title match with Prominence taking on Kyrie's team. And obviously, we will talk a little bit about Kyrie's team when we come to talk about the Corican show on the 2nd of April. Um, we have got Suri taking on Chihiro Hashimoto in singles action. Um, an IWGP Women's Championship title match with whoever wins at Sakura Genesis, which is this Saturday as we record, Mercedes Monet, Azumi, and Hazuki. Whoever wins that match will be taking on the challenger, Mayu Iwatani. And then our top two matches, we've got the Wonder of Stardom Championship match, Saya Kamatani versus the challenger, Mina Shirakawa. And we have got Julia taking on Tam Nakano in the World of Stardom Championship match. Um, just before I ask you your opinion on this card, Matt, um, because especially the top of that card looks very, very tasty, um, I do have a feeling that um, in terms of the mystery opponents, um, I imagine Fua's mystery opponent, this is all dependent on whether Mercedes Monet retains at um, Sakura Genesis, which I do believe she will. Um, I think, obviously, Fuwa has done a lot of training with Hazuki. It would make sense for Hazuki to be slotted in as that mystery opponent. And then, obviously, you've got Azumi, who with nothing to do with Mercedes Monet wins. I assume that she is going to be Mesa Ruga's tag partner. Um, who X is going to be, um, obviously, we'll know by this time next week. Um, but I'm intrigued to have... There's quite a lot of heavy... Uh, Heavy rumor online that it's going to be the likes of Zoe Lucas. Um, so we'll find out who that is. But Matt, um, in terms of a full card, how are we feeling about this huge stardom show? Looks awful. Oh my God. So much good wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I'm joking. This is, um, I really feel that this is going to be just a, a, a all timer show, not just in stardom, but like when you. I think when this show's over, you asked me to write down my top 10 favorite shows. Not unless this completely missed. This is going to hit. And I'm going to kind of throw a question at you, Rob. If we were, when we do our kind of star ratings, the Stardom Cast star ratings, if me and you were to combine our star ratings for this show, mm -hmm. how many of these matches hit eight and a quarter? What I mean by that is like, say I give a match four and a quarter stars and you give a match four stars. Because if I'm, so that would be, you know, if you're doing your math, that's eight and a quarter. How many matches on this card hit eight and a quarter because to me it would be like every single one the five championship matches i think they're gonna hit mike and himika surely's gonna hit sherry and hashimoto surely's gonna hit um that high speed tag match i think is probably gonna hit and i think that there's a possibility even the uh the utami match with miyu um that might hit because you gotta think about it like miyu's been utami's fantastic um 
uh, the uh, um, what's her name? The uh, the celebrity. It's that's escaping my head. Um, uh, that's in the match. Fua Fua Chan. She looked really good in her opening match. Um, and if it is Suzuki, which I believe, see that's the big problem, Rob. I both mean you both believe it's going to be Azumi is one X and Hazuki as the other. So you know what that means. Not going to happen now. <laughs> Not going to happen now. It's going to be a Grim Reaper or, or a super strong starter machine or whatever. But uh, I mean, if that's the case, we're going to get like Hazuki versus Utami uh, in a tag match on this big, big show. So there's a possibility that that match may even hit like four stars for us. So there's a possibility that there's seven or eight matches on this show that if we combine our star ratings, it's going to be eight and a quarter. I would be very sorry. In terms of in-ring, purely in-ring, I would say the only match, the only two really that I don't think will hit that mark are the eight-woman tag and the tag match. Say what you want about the Yokohama Rumble. It'll be a fun little trip down you know, memory lane, lots of nostalgia and things like that. I don't think it's there for in-ring quality. If I'm being perfectly honest, I think it's more there as sort of a celebration of stardom's history. So I'm not sort of classing that match in that. But in terms of undercard matches, admittedly trying to get Tekla on the show by sort of throwing her into uh, Club Venus is a bit odd. But aside from that, I mean, I'm so looking forward to that Goddesses of Stardom Championship match just because I know how many lariats and how many slams and how just how hard-hitting it's going to be. And that, at the moment, is seventh from the top. Like, obviously, this is not a definitive running order by any stretch of the imagination, card subject to change, all that sort of malarkey. But if you consider that on top of this, you've got the potential, the very, very heavy potential, of Mercedes Monet versus Mayu Iwatani, this is... This is huge. This is massive. I fully expect if their five-star Grand Prix match is anything to go by, Micah and Himika are going to knock it out of the park. Absolutely. And then Chihiro Hashimoto is someone who has hugely impressed me. Hugely impressed me. Her match with Mirai was fantastic. Made Mirai wrestle a style she doesn't really ordinarily wrestle, which I'm a big fan of. And Shuri's just damn awesome. So... That just that's going to be fantastic. Um, Julia and Tam, or Julia and Tam, what else do you want from that match? <laughs> I mean, it's one of the biggest feuds in stardom at the moment. Um, and then Saya versus Mina. I mean, Mina is the person that everyone thinks is going to usurp Saya Kamatani. Um, and it's probably the big demon at the moment from Saya's white belt reign as a whole. So You've got that entire story arc. Then you throw into the mix that you've got Prominence, who have put on two very, very, very good matches in their defences of the Artist of Stardom Belts, one of which we're going to be talking about later. And they're taking on Kairi, Natsupoi, and that mystery guest as well that we're going to be talking about later. There's no way this show doesn't hit. You could, I've seen... I've seen quite a bit of negativity towards the build to this show and the Cinderella as a whole. And we'll address that all as the podcast goes on. In terms of the build, could it have been better? Maybe a little bit. I think Stardom sort of run afoul of having two back-to-back tournaments and then having this big show to build to as well. I don't think that has helped. However, pure in-ring quality. We said at the top of this show, this roster is one of the most ridiculously talented top-to-bottom rosters 
I've seen. There's basically Ever. 95% of this roster, if they are given the tap on the shoulder to go in the main event, they can go. And it's unreal. And I fully expect that in ring, this show is going to be an absolute blinder. Rob, just obviously, and uh, when we're reviewing the show in full, I think uh, in two weeks, we'll obviously get into more depth into it. Just off the top of your head with the Rumble, um, we're going to get mystery people. Is there, like, give me two or three names you think that we may get in there that's going to kind of pop like the diehard stardom fans, like me, you, and, uh, you know, a lot of our listeners as well? Do you like one or not even two? Give me like one or two names that you think that are, that'll come out that'll, uh, that'll really kind of pop us. Um, as long as Kikitaro doesn't turn up, I'm happy. Ah, um, that's exactly, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I fully expect um, the last... Fuking Death is definitely going to turn up. She's not on the card at the moment. Fully expect her to turn up as some sort of novelty item. Um, if you're going off the rumble at, um, at the Budokan and sort of who they bought in there, it was basically who else was in there? So you've got Momo Nakanishi who's in at the moment. Maybe Wakizawa could be in there. Um, I think Unagi might turn up, might show up for that rumble. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, there's three three names that I'm kind of looking, keep my fingers crossed, but I'll let you keep going before I uh, I think you'll probably hit them. But uh Um yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Oh god. Um Go on, who's yours? You tell me yours. Oh, Saki. You, Saki from Colors is probably going to be in it. Oh, I, I'm. Well, I was talking about like kind of legends that are somewhat are pretty much retired. So Yuzuki Ayakawa makes sense. I'm keeping yeah. my fingers crossed. Yoko Bido. And if this one, if this one happens, I don't even care if Kikitaro's in it. If this one happens, I will be. Everybody will be so thrilled. Matt Eo's not coming. Oh my God! Jeez, jeez! <laughs> I was getting, the name was coming right out, and you just cut me off like a Mariah Lariat. No, uh, <laughs> Ar- Ar- Arisa Hoshinki. Oh come on, that would be amazing. She's not. She's not. There's there's no chance. I'd love oh, her too. Oh wait, a, just because EO wasn't the mystery person that we all kept telling people it's going to be EO. Now you're 180 and soured on me, brother. <laughs> oh man. I've, I must admit though, I have got to stop doubting you. You called Mercedes Monet. You said she was going to come out of Wrestle Kingdom. You called the, the you called who the Kairi mystery partner was going to be. Um, uh, so I'll let you take a victory lap for that later on. So maybe I need to stop doubting you. Maybe Arissa is going to turn up. I, I don't see it personally, just because I don't think they'll want to take it a bump. Um, but even so, to see her again in the stardom ring would be fantastic. It really would. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, obviously, we'll do a full preview of this show um, in a couple of weeks' time. Obviously, I, I, it's the 23rd, so just looking at the calendar now, um, it's the 5th of April today. Um, so next week, we'll be doing a Sakura Genesis um, review the, obviously the IWGP Women's Championship match and we'll be previewing the Cinderella Tournament Finals and then the week after the 19th when we record it'll be the 20th when it drops on Patreon and the 21st when it drops for the free feed um, we'll be doing um, a full preview 
of All-Star Grand Queendom and reviewing the Cinderella Tournament final. So uh, it's going to be a busy couple of weeks. And there's Golden Week, where basically me and Matt don't sleep for a week. Um, so <laughs> Two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's going to be nice and fun. Um, so obviously we'll talk about this card in a bit more detail in a couple of weeks, but that are the sort of the bones of the Yokohama All-Star Grand Queendom show. Um, but... During the press conference, just absolute carnage ensued. It really, really did. Um, the two big points I want to talk about um, are Mina Shirakawa, who dribbled basically printer ink into uh, into Sayaka Avatani's face. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But the big thing coming out of it was the hugely fantastic image of a very bloody Tam Nakano being dragged up by the hair by Julia um, who had just shoot headbutted Tam until she was pouring blood. Um, it added a layer of intensity that uh, even this feud didn't have. Um, but it does raise a question. And Matt, obviously you are a professional wrestler and it's something that I am intrigued to know. Um, because you see the likes of Julia throwing shoot headbutts. Um, obviously, a big um, proponent of that was Katsuyori Shibata. Unfortunately, Shibata is also an example of when that goes wrong. Um, now, you look at more worked headbutts. I know this isn't the thing we want to talk about. We want to talk about how cool that visual was, but I am really intrigued. Like, where do you stand on shoot headbutts in matches or wherever because obviously with what we know now about concussions and about you know taking that shibata story who came back over the weekend and won a bloody title the man we didn't know the man was going to pull through and he's now the ring of honor pure champion and we have the chance of a shibata versus danielson match so just let that sink in for a minute but where do you stand on that? The whole, and I was, early in my career, I was a big fan of throwing, like, these, these shoot headbutts. As long as my opponent was okay, I would never do anything that my opponent didn't want to do. Um, as long as they, he was, uh, you know, that person I was in the ring with was okay with it, I would um, do them quite a bit up until, you know, you get all those concussion things that came out, you know, 13, 14 years ago and whatnot. There is a way to do it where it looks good and it's kind of safe, where you have your hands on the guy's head and basically you're almost almost you're kind of headbutting in the middle of the top of his head but a lot of the blow is taken off by your head by your hands when i do see julia and a lot of these starting wrestlers doing these quote-unquote shoot headbutts they're not doing a full shibata style which we've seen you know the shibata ishii matches the shibata goto matches where their hands are down i mean their hands are by their hips but I've noticed in these starter match, especially Julia, who's basically like working this uh, Kara Hokuto, you know, Mainomi Toyota, like just breakneck style. But it is a lot safer than most people think, uh, just because of where she has her hands. And it, it's trust me, it's ringing whoever's bell, whether it's Tam or whether it's you know uh, Mayu Guki or whether her and Sherry. It's you know it, it doesn't it doesn't feel comfortable at all. But by no means is it concussion city like you know we saw with uh, with Shibata doing it with Nakajima uh, again Ishii Goto and obviously the big one is the Okada one at the. Uh, um, at that show, that was his last match for X amount of years. So, uh, yeah, um, not head trauma. It's one thing you hurt your shoulder, you hurt your elbow, those things that are kind of, you know, you kind of heal. You can't heal your brain. You only have one brain. Uh, so you really have to take take care of that. Even like 
uh, chair shots to the head. I cringe when I see people taking chair shots to the head. Uh, I can understand if someone wants to get their hands up last second to create the visual, that's fine. But there's no amount of money or nothing that big and important a match where if somebody says, yeah, I want to do a chair shot to the head. You want? I'll take a chair shot. But want me to put my hands up, or you're gonna you're gonna put it to the back because it's 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 just it's just not worth it. I mean, um, so yeah, that's my stance on that. Uh, again, if people want to do it and their opponent's okay with it, more power to them. But uh, yeah, the way that Julia does throw it, it is a lot safer than most people think. Okay, fair enough. In that case, let's talk about the absolute chaos of this bloody press conference. I mean. Where do you even start with that red belt one? I mean, there was such fury and anger from both parties. Obviously, Julia sported this uh, forced new haircut at the hands of Tam. Um, But there was legitimate anger there. And it was a shoot to the point of it almost being uncomfortable, which was fantastic because it adds yet another layer to this match. I mean, I've seen people me, on social media now who've said that Tam has to win now. You think of that image of a bloodied Tam with the red belt above her, so of her looking up at it, beaten, and, you know, what a fantastic story out there. I don't personally think she will. I think Julia is going to hold on to it for ever and a day. But it's added a lot. It's added that intensity, that fire. And what it's done is... You saw what Julie was able to do in a hate-filled match against Mayukihi. Imagine what she's going to be able to do with the history and the heat that she has with Tam. They've reignited what was basically a stone-cold feud. They'd had their match in the final of the five-star, and that was it. Okay, We've sort of blown off that feud. It's Julia time. And now we've reignited it, but we haven't just reignited it with a cigarette light. We've reignited it with another stick of TNT. I mean, it's gone up, and I love it, because even if Tam doesn't win, it's going to be a phenomenal match, and people are going to want to see how this one ends. You have to, and, and again, this is subjective, but in my book, if you look at the four big singles matches that these two have already had, they had when Arissa had to vacate the title, it was the finals. Julia won. Okay, great match. They had a rematch. About a month or so later, Julia won the rematch. In my opinion, that's, that rematch was better than the first match. Then they go and have what we thought was going to be one of the blow-offs, the hair versus hair match in the main event for the Wonder of Starter uh, Championship with the Budokan. To me, that match was the best of the three. And then we go to the finals of the five-star, in my opinion, and I don't, I know you'll probably back me up on this one, partner, the greatest five-star match of all time, that was the best of the four. So what I'm trying to say is these matches between the two progressively are getting better, and the stakes are bigger on the line. You have a vacant uh, championship. Then you have a defending championship. Then you have the championship on the line at the main event of a historic venue with hair versus hair. How can it get any bigger? Oh, yeah, the chance to win the five-star in main event Dream Queendom. How do you get bigger than that? I mean, look at the layers of this match. You said it perfectly, my partner. You, I mean, a stick of dynamite might have been the whole entire case of dynamite. It's like, it's, if, I, if, I, if you tell me, Matt, hey, we're, we're going to get a Tam versus Julia match. I'm in. Hey, guess what? It's for the red belt. I'm in. It's on the main event of pay-per-view. I'm in. It's on the main event of the biggest show in the history of the company. Okay, I'm in. It's going after the dream match of Mayu versus Mercedes, which I believe that's going to happen. I'm in. Oh, by the way, 
Uh, Tam is cutting these crazy promos, screaming and ranting and yelling and having one of the greatest promos in the history of the company, trying to cut Julia's hair. Okay, Rob, I'm in. What else do you want? Oh, by the way, they're going to have a press conference where they're going to use blood and a company that they very, very use blood. And Tam's going to get the crap kicked out of her and she's going to be laying there covered in blood. What more can you, and I even said when Tam challenged Julia, I'm like, it's kind of cold, isn't it? Like, you just kind of came out of nowhere. She hasn't had a singles win. They haven't really been doing too, too much with her on the past handful of months, ever since uh, her and Natsupoy lost the goddess belt. But like, okay, you know, it's going to be a great match. And all of a sudden it was just like, oh, just wait till you see how we build this. And I'm like, this build is absolutely fantastic. And I fully expect for this match to be their best match ever but I don't know how they're going to be able to top the last two, but they kind of have to, do they not? You feel that they have loaded this, that it's got to be a definitive win in some way. You feel like if Tam loses, there's no way back for her anyway, because of, you know, she lost at the five star. She lost before Budokan. Um, she's already, I think, either 3-1 down or 2-1 down in terms of singles matches to Julia anyway. She loses here. She hasn't really got a leg to stand on to challenge again, certainly. Um, in order to top that five-star match, which was an absolutely fantastic match, I feel like you are going to have to make it some manner of no-DQ match um, where anything goes. Like, you can do whatever you want to each other. But ultimately, I suppose that was what that Budokan match was. Um, and the Sherry title match where Julia took the belt because they were kind of like relaxed rules. And I think it's going to have to be... I'm not going to say it's going to be that good again. That's one of my all-time favorite stardom matches. But it's a possibility you can kind of reach that level. But, uh, yeah, I think there's got to be one where the ref is just like, it's the main event of the show. I'm going to be able to let them bend the rules a little bit. I'm intrigued by this Sire and Mina match. And the reason I'm intrigued, obviously we spoke about this before. We talked about, you know, Sire having that... Mina's that skeleton in the closet, isn't she? She had that match. She was injured with the the failed Phoenix Splash. She hasn't used the Phoenix Splash since. This match is going to go one of two ways. Mina is going to win or Sayu is going to win with the Phoenix Splash. Those are the two outcomes here. Now, at the press conference, Mina sort of playing mind games with Sayu and then spat that ink in her face. Now, to me, that teased the return of her sort of dark angel gimmick. <laughs> Pardon me, her alter ego, which... In my opinion, if she comes out as the dark angel... I don't think that's necessary. I think you had, you know, she's just sort of, she's in the process of splitting off from Cosmic Angels. She's returned after this injury and people are really, really, really into Mina. People think that she is taking the white belt. What I don't think you need to do then is change the character again heading into this show. It's it's very similar to the Harukarumasaki and Karma dilemma where people want to see Harukarumasaki wrestle, people don't want to see Karma wrestle, despite them being the same people. Now I'm not I'm not actually down that much on the Dark Angel gimmick or the bloody I think it's the bloody angel, actually not the Dark Angel. Um 
I think she was unlucky in the match against Tam when she had a bell rung. Um, and I think she was unlucky against, I believe it was Mirai, where something went wrong in that match as well, I think. Um, however, here, I don't feel like Twisted Mina is needed. I feel like this just needed to be Saya and Mina and Saya sort of battling herself. Um, what do you think, Matt? Yeah, it's kind of almost like a step back. If it's not broke, don't fix it. It's a cool visual, the bloody angel. I believe the dark angel was Sarah Stock, who I believe is a coach in AEW. So that's maybe where you're getting it from. Maybe. Um, <laughs> anywho, um, considering the fact that she was like 0-2 in big matches in that gimmick, where it, she's been on a roll going into the five-star and up until now, so I don't think you need to change. I think it was just something that that uh, they wanted to do to kind of get ramp up the intensity going into their feud, considering the fact, like, oh yeah, by the way, uh, Julia is going to bloody Tam, and that's going to be the last image, and uh, Tam's going to roll up her, or Julia's going to roll up her sleeves like she's some sort of Don Bosk and ready to finish <laughs> the job. Uh, so I think it's just something that they had to add to it. Um, if you remember, there was, I think it was Tam, and sometimes on these press conferences they do weird stuff that you're just like, are they going to add that in the match? And then they don't. I think it was Tam and Natsupoy was like, I think Tam slammed Natsupoy's head in the face of spaghetti, and they never used it again. It was just, <laughs> geez, geez, I, I did text you yesterday. I'm like, can we talk about the pre- this wild press conference that's on the notes? I'm like, this was just crazy, and this was just a handful of hours after WrestleMania. So if you didn't like the ending of WrestleMania, you probably damn sure loved this, uh, this <laughs> press conference because it was, it was a hoot. Holy jeez. But, yeah, I don't think we're getting that. Uh, I hope we don't. Again, I would have no problem with it. But I think it's just like it seems like when she's this bloody angel character, she uh, she comes with empty hand in the biggest in the, these big matches. And this is the biggest of, you know, this is the biggest match of both their careers, really. I mean, you're thinking Mina for her to unsee, you know, the all time record holder for that bell in the biggest show of the year in front of the biggest crowd that they're probably ever going to draw. And it's kind of a big deal. I think Mina should just be, you know, if not broke, don't fix it. You know, take to take to the dance what brought you. And that's just regular, just, you know, kick ass Mina. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I didn't even think about that partner. So I guess we'll find out when she comes out at the, uh, you know, at the show in uh, the Yokohama arena. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I think the elements of sort of crazy Mina, you can add into her character at the moment. She's far more strike-heavy. She's far more aggressive in her overall sort of setup. So I think you can certainly add that extra aggression in there. I just don't feel like the aesthetic change is needed and, you know, the sort of demented thing that she goes for with the bloody angel however that that might just be me um i'd love to hear everyone else's thought on it though but overall i am massively excited for this yokohama show because as i've already said in ring those last seven matches especially are going to be absolutely fantastic and again obviously not next week but the week after we'll be here with our full preview alongside our our review of uh, the Cinderella tournament finals. Um, we've got two matches. This is the last bit of news. We've got two matches announced for the next installment of New Blood, which is New Blood 8 from the 12th of May, which is a Friday. Two championship matches. The Future of Stardom championship match. We've got Amisori taking on the challenger, Rina. 
and it is the first defense for the New Blood Tag Team Champions, Starlight and Karma, as they take on the champ, the challenger team, sorry, of Lady C and Hanako. So that is going to be free and live on YouTube the 12th of May. So make sure you check that out. Anyway, let's move into the two shows that we are going to be looking at today as we head towards this, uh, the end of what can fairly be described as a surprising Cinderella <laughs> tournament. Um, be- before we go into the second round um, matches from Saturday the 1st of April, I'm intrigued to know what you think so far of this tournament. Obviously, we're now down to the final four. Um, we'll know the Cinderella tournament winner on the 15th of April um, in Yoyogi. Yoyogi? Yoyogi. Let's call it Yoyogi. Um, to say that we don't have any big hitters left, I think is a fair a fair summary. Are you disappointed with the final four and we'll go through the final four once we've gone through the Corican show but I'm just intrigued to know what your thought is Matt on who is in the final four how people have been eliminated why they've been eliminated because I know overall I've seen quite a lot of again negativity about the way that this tournament has panned out um who is in the final four with the exception of one person who is the overwhelming favorite. If you look at the the poll on the, we are uh, starting Twitter page. Um, I'm just intrigued to know, obviously you are a very positive person. I'm intrigued to know what your overarching thoughts are towards it. Real quick, Rob, before we get into that, um, I just want to give kudos to uh, Stardom World for getting up. the. We always bag on them from them taking three, four, five, six days. The fact they got these matches up in mere hours so we can watch them uh, WrestleMania week and not be spoiled. Kudos to them. So let's turn it around, you know, for once. And we're going to give them the, the nice applaud golf clap for being able to get these matches up as quick as they did. So uh, awesome. Um, but to answer your question, good sir, yeah, it's... Uh, I, I'm 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 assuming that Lily does not owe anybody any artwork for the final four. I'm sure you have not looked at it, but I I have a feeling that I will not be mailing out a lot of T-shirts and uh, and stickers as well. Uh, not unless you want them, and then we can come up with a different way. But anywho, um, you know, we briefly because we went so long uh, last show, so we kind of you know touched upon it when we did our alternate commentary of the first uh, uh, match from Insane April. That that morning, that Sunday morning, when me and Amber were getting ready to go to church, I was telling everybody who's eliminated. She said, "Well, isn't there a Cork and Hall show and a pay per view? They have to draw tickets for. How are they going to draw without those names?" And I'm watching the Cork and show, and I was like, "Wow, there's a lot of people there, and there's no big names for the actual Cinderella." And then I find I found out earlier today that they actually um, it was Darren Chatton who always gives me the numbers saying that it was it was a sellout. It was a full house, full full bake. Uh, so I was like, okay, well, maybe it's one, maybe people already bought their tickets in advance because it was Cinderella. Two, the side matches were stacked. Or three, maybe, because we talked about how stacked the stardom roster is, that regardless, people are still want to pay to see these quarterfinal matches. So I'm interested to see if they're going to have to sell a pay-per-view for $35, $40 or whatever it is. And they're going to have to sell tickets to this venue 
with the final four being May Sakurai, Waka, Amisori, and Mirai. And, you know, no disrespect to them. All four of those ladies are fantastic. The Waka storyline is amazing. May Sakurai, we talk all the time, is improving leaps and bounds, show after show. Uh, Mirai is fantastic. Obviously, she won the Cinderella last year as a proven main eventer. And Amisori is not too far behind Mirai in that aspect. But it's not a Utami, it's not a Tam, it's not a star like Hit, a Hazuki, you know, anybody that we've had, me, you, you know, and our and our significant others, or majority of the people have pegged for a final four. And I think that's why my final four was so loaded, is because they're gonna have to try to sell. I don't know what that building seats, but they always on these pay-per-views, they always want to draw well over a thousand and draw pay-per-view m- numbers and try to get more people to subscribe to the YouTube channel and to subscribe to Stardom World. So I'm interested to see what uh the draw is going to be for the show because i was thinking well you're going to need a white belt and a red belt match we're not going to have that because in two weeks afterwards we have those matches set so you don't have a a big title match really to lean on because they have everything bulked up for the yokohama show um but to answer your question rob i am intrigued and excited as much as i would like to see hazuki versus jerry on one side and uh and tam versus mina on the other side I'm intrigued because this Waka story, it just keeps getting better and better. May Sakurai, I guess she's a heel because she cut a really, really heel skinning promo Gork and Hall. <laughs> and all the really men Gork and Hall. I was like, wait a minute, you have Julia who's like, you know, the it thing in stardom. Everybody loves uh, Micah. Himmick is retiring. They loved her to begin with. So Tekla's Tekla. She's awesome. All of a sudden, May Sakurai, we'll get into it. May Sakurai is like yelling at all the old men. <laughs> I was like, wait, what's... So now you have this completely different character. It's like, well, do they push her? So she wins it because they, they just completely gave her this character and she got a win over Julia in the first round. Is it going to be Waka? We'll continue that story. Will they give Amy Sori the rob? Do they have Mariah go back to back? I have no idea, but I'm really intrigued by it. How about you, buddy? Um, look, I I think we've been spoiled the last couple of years with our winners. Um, I mean, just looking back on the last couple of years, Mirai was sort of a shocking one, and obviously she's only been in there a year. So taking that out, you've got Sayakamatani who just had a red belt match. Um, you've got, and just failed in the white belt match, you've got Julia, who everyone knew was basically going to win it and be the next huge thing, and you've got Rissa, who won it before that. I think we've and been... Momo before that, Tony Storm and exactly. Mayu Mayu. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. I feel like we have been spoiled with winners. I feel like what they are going to try and do here is elevate a new star. Now, if they're going to do that, that's fine. And... um you know, I'm all for that. Much as I think May Sakurai's improved, and I have no issues saying how much she's improved, she's unrecognizable from uh, the clunky performances of Cosmic Angels, or when she was in Cosmic Angels, should I say. I've got a horrible feeling she's winning it, and I just don't think it's going to get over well. Um, and... <laughs> We might as well get into it now because we're talking about it. We'll talk about the uh, the actual shows in a moment. I've got the card up for the Cinderella Tournament Finals this year. Ooh. Um, and I want you to... I'm going to read the card out from this year, which is Sunday the 15th of April, 2023. And then 
I'm going to compare it to last year. Now, obviously, I know that the big discrepancy is that last year they didn't have a pay-per-view to build to. However, Stardom are in charge of their own scheduling. And you can guarantee that this Cinderella tournament final is going to be a pay-per-view. So I want just a yes or no answer, Matt. Is this a pay-per-view worthy card? Are you ready? Go ahead. I'm, I'm re- are you ready, sir? Because I'm excited. Born ready. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this. Um, singles match. Aya Sakura versus Hanako. Six-woman tag team match. Mariah May, Xena, and the Mystery Club Venus uh, person versus Hazuki, Kagama, and Momokogo. Six-woman tag team match. Mayu Iwatani, Saya and Hanan versus Nene Takahashi, Yu, and Yuna Mizumori. There's a 10-woman tag team match which pits all of Queen's Quest against all of Oedo Tai. You've got Himika's final Donna Del Mondo match and a Yokohama preview eight-woman tag team match, which is Julia Tekla, Micah, and Himika versus Tam Nakano, Natsupoi, Saki, and Mina Shirakawa. You've got a singles match, Suri versus Konami. And then... Ooh. You've got the two tournament semifinals, Wakasukiyama versus Mei Sakurai and Mirai versus Ami Sori. Now, Matt, yes or no, one word, is that a pay-per-view level card? No. Oh, my God, it hurts me to say. I love Stardom so much. And it does sound like a good card on paper, especially with Shuri versus Konami. But if this is going to be a pay-per-view, which we're pretty sure it's going to be, don't you think they should have put the Micah and Himika versus Shuri and Julia match on this card? Right? That, right? Like their last, that her last and the Saki cat. Why is the high speed title match not on this card? Oh yeah, that's right, because we have that book too. Oh man, Stardom, I love you, but I don't know. Again, what do I know? I mean, oh man. <laughs> they've got a ten woman tag team match with Queen's Quest and a weather tie. Take one person from each team out, make it an eight-woman tag, and then have Azumi versus Saki on the card. Have ALK versus Micah and Himika on this card, and that instantly elevates it. To me, this is a Corican show. This is not a pay-per-view level card at all. Now, if you compare it to the tour- the um, final last year, um, and this was Towards City Gym on the 29th of April, and uh, it drew 2,017 people. You've got, obviously, the Cinderella Tournament Finals, which was Kagame, Hazuki, Mirai, and Natsupoi. Um, you had got a Future of Stardom Championship match. You'd got a High Speed Championship match and a Red Belt match, on top of the actual Cinderella Tournament itself. Now... Me personally, I look at the Corican Hall show the day before on the 14th, and parts of that look better than the pay per view. Now, obviously, yeah. we are getting extremely spoiled with this Yokohama card. This Yokohama card is going to be fantastic. However, because of where they've scheduled the Yokohama show, Am I right in saying, please feel free to disagree with me, Matt. Do you feel like the Cinderella tournament has suffered because of where the Yokohama show is? I think it has. Uh, I think it has. Um, 
it's almost like taking second place. And I kind of understand that. I mean, this is, I think any card would take second place to what they're doing here. I, I think they don't want to give anything too big away. And I, they may think, well, this would be a good way to take somebody on the lower tier of the card and elevate them, um, whether it be a May Sacker. I think it's good. I'm obviously we'll get into it more next week. As you're asking me this, as I'm thinking right now, I think it's gonna be Waka that wins it. But I wouldn't be shy. I wouldn't be shy if any, if any, it's any four of these ladies at this point. How can you not? Um, yeah, it just seems like not only that, but then the year before you had Sai and Mike in the finals, and then you had Shiri and Utami. So it's like it's not like it is. It's it really feels like they're kind of just shoehorning it here. And I'm just really interested to see if this, if they draw over a thousand people for this show. You said they did over two thousand for the finals, where you had a really kind of hot four wrestlers going in, and then you had all those championship matches as well, where you don't have any of that. Um, you don't have any of that. And again, it'd be one thing if you had all these matches, and then you had three or four really. And that's no disrespect to Marai, Amisori, Waka, and May Sakurai. I mean, out of the four, you could say maybe Marai is Marai's a main eventer. I mean, I think she's proven that um, with her match with Sayakamatani for the for the Wonder of Stardom Championship uh, back in uh, last summer. But other than that, you really don't have a really big star. Like I'm talking, you no know, Mayu, no Julia, no Tam, no Mina to really kind of draw to see who's going to win the Cinderella tournament. So I think this card has absolutely suffered from it. But the Stardom brand being as hot as it is, I would not be shocked, Rob, if they draw over a thousand people for this show. I agree. I think Stardom is hot at the moment, as proved by that Corrigan attendance, one thousand two hundred ninety-five. It's the third biggest Corrigan attendance for Stardom post-pandemic. Um, look I like the idea of using that Cinderella tournament to elevate someone who's not in the main event to give them an opportunity I think that's a really good use of the tournament however for me and I love stardom I want to put that out there I love stardom I write books about stardom I love stardom I hope so. If we're doing this podcast together, buddy, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have a talk, young man. I wonder when your mother gets home, we're gonna have a talk. <laughs> I, I hate being negative, and I feel like I am being quite negative. But ultimately, I feel like you know we're a podcast. If we were just blindly optimistic about stuff, I don't feel like people would want to listen. I feel like you know we need to be truthful. Where I don't know, it just seems very slapdash and i think it's the way it's been structured as well you had an 18 match card for that first show which was exhausting 18 matches and five of them finished with double eliminations like and you think about who went out in that first round almost every single big hitter with the exception of suri and momo watanabe and maybe um, Tackler. Tam, Tam, come on. How dare you? Tam, baby. How dare What, what a troll. What a troll. Folks, the Siren Cast is over. This is it. We're done. <laughs> but, How dare you, sir? <laughs> like, if you'd have got a final four of Wacker, Momo, Tam, and Sayurida, for example, okay, you've still got those two underdogs in Sayurida and in Wakasukiyama, but you've still got those two higher-up stars in Tam and Momo. 
not only that, Rob, but how Waka being the ultimate seller and underdog, how awesome would it be her just eating kicks for eight minutes and then rolls up Momo, plays with Lou. That psychology would be genius, right? Basically what <laughs> happened in a match with Saki at Corrigan, just <laughs> ate a load of kicks and then rolled her up. It was great. Um, overall, I just feel like just all of the scheduling has been wrong. The problem that they've had is that um, in 2020, one in 2021 um god are we in 23 already it's mental yes we are um in 2021 <laughs> you had the budokan show which was at the start of march so it was prior to the cinderella tournament um in 2022 you had world climax where you had both nights and both nights were before the cinderella tournament now because the yokohama show was fallen after the tournament finals it's it's taken a backseat and you can tell I think it's taken a backseat to this. I think it's suffered because we've just come off the back of a very, very long triangle derby. And I think if stardom are going to do this again, it tends to be now where they do this big show, either in March or in April. I feel like you need to structure it or book it. And obviously, I have never booked anything like this. The chances are this was the only time they could do the Yokohama show in which case they needed to start the Cinderella earlier, but they couldn't because they'd already bought the Triangle Derby. And sometimes, and this is this has been a common, a common criticism of stardom, is that sometimes less is more. Mm-hmm. Um, but putting a positive spin on it, I love the fact that they are trying to elevate Waka, May, and Amisori especially. Let's not take away from the fact that they are in a tournament semi-final and having a pay-per-view built around them. Because ultimately, I completely approve of what Stardom are doing. What a chance for someone like um, Anamisori to win. What a chance for someone like Mei Sakurai, who has improved and changed so much, to then have this legitimate opportunity to have the white belt or red belt match. I just feel like rather than trying to build it around effectively four new members of the roster, because Mariah only debuted a year ago in stardom, I feel like they could have done two with two more established stars because then you've got the mix. I think they've just gone too heavy with it. But this is the big question, Matt. Who have you got winning? Yeah, and obviously we'll uh, we'll preview that uh, next week. Um, and here's something else too, real quick, and then we'll kind of kind of get off this because again, we'll we, we got to leave some of that for next week. But even you have the opportunity of Mirai going back to back, and there's only been one other wrestler to go back to back and to win too, and that's the icon. So the fact that she's flirting with that, and that's a story going into it as well, that's kind of intriguing. Um, but to kind of just piggyback off what you said, where maybe sometimes less is more, I think stardom has been on such a roll, especially 2021. Speaking of 2021, there's a book that came out in 2021 <laughs> called Stardom Living the Dream 10th Anniversary in Review by my good friend Rob Goodwin. Everybody should go and definitely get it if you have not. And then in 20, I mean, uh, you didn't think they could improve anymore in 2021. And then in 2022, and I've said it on this podcast a zillion times, and I'll, I'll, we'll die on this hill. It's not only the greatest year of that company, it's the greatest, one of the greatest single years in the history of any wrestling company ever. 
ever, whether you're talking about WWE, WCW, NWA, Ring of Honor, All Japan, New Japan. I mean, it's one of the best ever. So I think that they may think that the pressure's on for them to keep going. And the fact that they're just doing too much, too fast, I think it's like a runner if they run too fast. Or when you're driving a car too fast around a curve, you're going to skid a little. And I think that's what they're doing now, where it's like, slow down, slow down. You don't know you need to go 110 miles an hour. But I think that uh, I have a feeling the show is going to over-deliver. I think we'll put it over huge. I still think the show is going to draw really, really well. If it does over 1,000 people, I'll be ecstatic just based on the uh, the card alone. And then I think by the end of the month, between what we're getting with uh, all their Mercedes stuff and uh, that giant card uh, on the 29th, I think that come the end of April, beginning in May, we're like, we'll be like, okay, there's the stardom we were watching a few months ago. There, And I surely shouldn't say that because – the uh, the Triangle Derby Finals and the, the Supreme Fight were two phenomenal shows. It just seems like they may need to pump the brakes just a little bit, but that's just my opinion. No, I completely agree with you. Um, I mean, they drew nearly 2,000 people to the Yoyogi National Stadium for the Triangle Derby Final. But again, that Triangle Derby Final, not only was the Triangle Derby a part of that, but you also had those championship matches. And I feel like that was a far better structure. Like, you've got the semifinals, you've got the final, but you've also got Sayaka Matani and Azuki, Azumi versus Starlight Kid. That really, really, for me anyway, surprisingly good match between Julia and Mai Yukihi, which ended in a double countout and I should have hated, but worked really well in the context of the story they were telling. I just feel like, there's just too many pay-per-views. That it, it's, it boils down to that again, which we've talked about a lot on this podcast. So let's get off this and let's yes. talk about the shows. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> um, so let's start with the 1st of April, 2023, from the Light Cube in Utsunomaya uh, in Tokyo in front of 508 people. Um, I'll read through all the results and then... We'll talk about all of the matches. So we open with the tag team match. The Queen's Quest team of Azumi and Hina defeated the team of Momo Kogo and Aya Sakura with Hina pinning Sakura with the newly rechristened, I think, the Rabuka, which used to be the Muscle Power Buster. I think Rabuka is a far better name. Uh, in 10 minutes and 29 seconds. We then had a, ru- a whole raft of Cinderella tournament matches. So, match two, Cinderella tournament round three match. Mirai defeated Sayurida with the Miramare Shock in 5 minutes and 13 seconds. Match three, Cinderella tournament round two match. Xena defeated Tekla with her gut buster, which she's uh, rechristened Thunderstruck, great name, in 6 minutes yes. and 38 seconds. Uh, match four, Cinderella tournament match round three. May Sakurai defeated Mariah May via over-the-top rope in 4 minutes and 18 seconds. Uh, match five, Cinderella tournament round two match, otherwise known as that time that Matt's heart died. Natsukatora oh. defeated Tam Nakano via over-the-top rope, 6 minutes and 34 seconds. Uh, match six, and my pick for match of the weekend, Cinderella tournament round two match, Saki Kashima defeated Suri with the Kishkasai in 6 minutes and 21 seconds. Six-woman tag, Julia Himika and Micah defeated Amisori, Lady C and Yuna Mizumori, with Micah locking in the Katahijime in 9 minutes and 37 seconds, with Lady C passing out. Um, match 8, the semi-main event, was a six-woman tag team match. The Cosmic Angels team of Natsupoi, Mina Shirakawa and Wakazukiyama defeated the Queen's Quest team of Yutami Hayashishita, Sayaka Matani and Miyu Amasaki, with Natsupoi 
getting the win over Mia with the Ferial Gift in 11 minutes and 27 seconds. And then in the main event, an eight-woman tag team match, the Stars team of Mayu Iwatani, Hazuki Kagame, and Hanan defeated the Oeditai team of Momo Watanabe, Starlight Kids, Ruwaka, and Rina, with Hanan pinning her sister Rina with the backdrop driver in 16 minutes and three seconds. Um, so a couple of things I want to talk about, Matt. Um, in relation to this card. Um, All of the Cinderella matches offered something different, which I really, really like about this tournament. Um, I thought Maria, uh, Maria? Mirai and Saya Ida, I love that match. I want to see them have a 15-minute singles match because, honestly, it was just like two refrigerators banging into each other, neither of them wanting to give any sort of any sort of quarter at all. And there was one great moment where they were on their knees, lariating each other, just hitting each other and hitting each other and hitting each other. And Sayurida is getting up, keeps getting up, keeps getting up. So Mirai hits her. And as she gets up, Mirai anticipates it and beheads her with a lariat. It was so good. And my only real criticism of this match is just the finish sort of came out of nowhere. That would, that's my only criticism and that it only went five minutes. I really want to see these two in a singles match, Matt. Yeah, I, I see your point. The match only went five minutes, but it was like, don't blink. I see your point with the finish, but at the same time, I like it because it was like Lariat, 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 Lariat. Mirai probably has one of, if not the best Lariats in all of stardom. Saeed is not far behind. We sing Saeed's praises on this show all the time. She's so criminally underrated, and that's just, and that's just not a follow the booking. It's just... The, the roster is one of the most sta- stacked rosters in the history of wrestling. But so Sai, what I'm trying to get at, so Sai Eda decides, you know, I'm going to try to go Lariat for Lariat with Mirai. And she holds her own and Mirai, and she gets caught. Mirai, it's like, if anybody knows how to counter Lariat, it's me. Oh, by the way, I have a wrist. I know I have this thing called the double wrist lock I know how to use. So I like the psychology there. Yeah, 15 minutes, 25 minutes, 30 minutes. Um, I would absolutely love it. But yeah, this was uh, my favorite. Uh, Cinderella match of that night. As much as you love, you said it was your favorite match. So let's keep let's talk about it. Sherry and Saki Kashima. So why, other than the fact that Sherry had to go all the way into the locker room to drag poor Saki Kashima out of the, the <laughs> out into the ring like a like a scene in a horror movie? Why was it your favorite match? Was this because of the shenanigans? Honestly, Saki Kashima is the funniest person on this entire roster, <laughs> and she's she's so effortlessly funny as well like with go kick and death or fuki and death or billy can death or whatever <laughs> she comes out as in the yogahara rumble there's like there's a shtick you know same with kagama um kagama who is naturally funny however there is a shtick to it with saki it's very much a read the moment and that's what makes it funny because she reacts to the moment and this match with Suri, like, she's done this I'm scared of Suri stuff before. But it was a different take on it. Like, she's, there was there was one point where Suri was sort of in the ropes on the outside. She was balancing on the apron. And she came up, like, did this big crunch and sat up. And Saki just slapped her, like, out of instinct. And then realized what she'd done and started apologizing and like begging her off and stuff, which was really funny. It was genuine fear. And just the way that Saki, for like the first three or four minutes of this match, just wanted nothing at all to do with Shuri and was just running the ropes without actually throwing a move. 
because she just wanted to run away. And just like it was effortlessly funny. It was something completely different to what we've seen in the other matches, but it didn't feel tired and sort of overused. I thought it was genuinely funny. I think Suri, when she's got someone like that, she's such a good straight person as well. Like she plays the straight person to the cowardly and comically terrified heel really, really well. Like when Saki's pumping her full of that spray, whatever it is, and sort of just the way that Suri's sort of like, what are you doing? And the audience is laughing. And it makes perfect sense for Saki to win this. Of course it does. You know, she wins with a roll-up. Perfect story to, you know, I'm terrified of this person. I want nothing to do with them. I'll roll them up while I can and then run the hell away. It Honestly, it was a great story. It went six minutes. I loved it. Honestly, it's it was my match of this night, definitely. And the one thing, too, is as much as we, we've been kind of a little down on the booking of this tournament, what that does is Sherry, our Saki beats Sherry, and you're like, ah, oh, that's things. Everybody loves Sherry. Saki cheats in like 19 different ways to get the win. And then it makes Waka's pop even bigger at Cork. And so when she beats her, like, ah, you got your up and coming from a late, from someone who's been, who lost like 170 matches in a row. So I like the, the booking in that end is absolute genius. But what one of the great things stardom does is not just have great shows is how they use their other platforms, like their social media and their YouTube channel to get things over. For example, once Shuri uh, won her second round match, uh, I'm sorry, once she won against uh, uh, defeated uh, Tomoka, and they showed backstage pictures. It was on, I believe, Saki's uh, Twitter, and I believe on the We Are Stardom Twitter, uh, that uh, she was so upset that she had to wrestle Shiri again. There's a picture <laughs> of her crying in the corner. There's a picture of her laying down in the fetal position crying. And I'm like, that's just... And, uh, you know, of course, everybody's retweeting because it's so funny. And uh, like I said, they uh, they do a great job with that, even especially with Saki. Like when Saki and I... I forgot to mention this on the, the show like two months ago, and I'll briefly mention it, but... On the YouTube channel, uh, the uh, when Saki won that roulette gauntlet thing, after she was declared the winner, Mayu was outside by the uh, the curtain and looked at the camera and stuck her tongue out and put two thumbs down and walked away. And I thought it was something that took three seconds and just added to like, oh really? Her? She won? I hate her. And then went and then walked away. And I think you know I, I love doing the podcast for a zillion different reasons. And I think it just makes me better doing the podcasting out more information. And the fact that I try to watch everything they do on their YouTube channel and try to keep up to date on stuff on social media, where I, I'm, it makes me enjoy stardom even more, especially the stuff with Saki Kachima. But yeah, I thought this was hilarious. Like when Saki, I'm like, why is Shiri coming out first? This makes no sense. She's the big baby face. She's the former, you know, world of stardom champion. And then it was like, Seven seconds into Saki's team, like, oh, I know where this is going. And the fact that Sherry waited, this seemed like forever to get her, which is added to it. And then she went back into the curtain. Like, if you were to probably take actual ring time versus actual, like, them trying to actually get the match started, I think it took longer to get the match started than ring time, but it worked absolutely perfect for these two. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was, it was something completely different. Um, I just wanted to go to the, uh, the Xena-Tekla match real quick. You asked me last week, you know, Zena had that three or four minutes with match with Hina. I've never seen her wrestle before. Uh, I, you know, we, you asked my opinion. I said it, it wasn't enough for me to give an opinion. 
on these two shows that we're going to review, I thought she was fantastic. She seems very comfortable. She seems to fit in pretty well with the Club Venus. The dancing thing, yeah or nay, whatever. But as far as like the wrestling in-ring work, the way that she kind of counters off what Mina and Mariah May are kind of doing on the outside of the ring, I think she's a perfect fit. I'm a big fan of her just in this weekend. So it's another new face that I've never seen before that Stardom is putting on their already loaded roster. So, uh, yeah, I thought she was really good here, uh, really good with her match. I was, again, shocked to see her get the win over Tekla because I think after that first round, we're like, maybe Tekla makes a run. Nope, she gets uh, she, <laughs> she, she gets bounced. But no, I really, really like uh, I really like what, you know, uh, Zena, I think she's going to fit into the Stardom roster really, really well. And I guess... I got to touch upon it, buddy. We got to talk about Tor and Tam. Uh, this was, I was so sure that Tam was going to win. I was literally on the edge of my seat. And a little, how I had to watch these matches, because Saturday, um, no, I'm sorry, Friday night, uh, my my uh, nephew was in a play. So by the time I got home on Friday night, the main event of the Ring of Honor show, uh, Eddie Kingston and Claudio was on. So I didn't get to watch the Ring of Honor show until Saturday morning. And as I was watching it, my phone was going off. You know, I'd, uh, a whole bunch of people were tweeting at me saying, hey, a lot of the matches are up on for the Cinderella. So I had to watch the Cinder- these matches from the Cinderella on my laptop while Supercard Honor was on my main TV. So like, but once this match was going, they literally, I literally stopped because I was like, what if Tam lose? I'm like, no, there's no way. They got, they got to put Tam through, and I was on the edge of my seat. And they did the tease. They did a great job. They did the tease where Tam looked like she was going to go over the top rope, and all of Cosmic Angels caught her and threw her back on. Now, usually I hate that. I'm like, oh, that's cheap. I'm like, all right, it's Tam. We let her go with one. And then Tora's like, no, I'm just going to gorilla press her off the second rope onto everybody. So as much as I was, you know, really was hoping for a Tam win here, I thought the match was fantastic, and I thought these two had great chemistry. And I would love to see these two run it back in like a 10-11 minute match where there's a clear-cut winner without any uh, over-the-top rope stuff. But I thought that was really, really good as well. Yeah, absolutely. It wasn't a bad match at all, and I quite enjoyed the um, sort of stuff on the apron when that's Katora, like the DVD and stuff. And obviously, it was one of many matches that started with... uh, outside brawling over the two days but uh, overall I thought it was a really good match I the one that I thought was a little bit disappointing and it was the only Cinderella match of the two nights that I was a little bit disappointed with was uh, May Sakurai and Mariah May um, and it wasn't it wasn't necessarily anything either woman did I mean they were only given four minutes um, and it is worth saying as well that the uh, time limit was extended to 15 minutes in the second, third and quarterfinals um, no match was in danger of getting anywhere near that. Um, but I don't know. It it felt a little bit clunky. I don't feel like Mariah May's done brilliantly since she's been on the Stardom roster. Um, and so has May Sakurai. Massively, massively improved. Sometimes you just get two people who don't gel. And for me, I don't think these two gelled particularly well Matt now again you might have a completely different opinion to me but for me there was something off about this match and then again I know it was only four minutes but what did you think I will I see your point there good sir I respectfully disagree with you not I think they started out real well with them kicking each other in the face and then the German suplexes I think that uh, yeah maybe it was again only four minutes I actually had it three and a quarter stars um I like the way that they, they did the finish when Mariah May was trying to go for like the head scissors and maybe got a little bit too overconfident and May Sakurai being in stardom a little bit longer and being coached by Julia 
Um, you know, that's kind of kind of the uh, the gimmick they've been going with for the last year that she's been under Julia's tutelage, so she's able to outsmart her. I kind of like that uh, that little story there, and uh, but I do like the way that both these ladies are improving. Obviously, May Sakurai, we talk all the time. Mariah May's only been stardom just for a little bit, and you can just see where she's improving leap and, leaps and bounds. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, I I see your point, but uh, maybe maybe if they had three or four more minutes. They might have been able to stretch it out. So I see your point. Respectfully disagree with you, though, sir. That's absolutely fine. That's what this podcast's all about. Um, what do you think about her ladyship then, May Sakurai? May JF, if I dare. Um, obviously, she then insulted everyone in the venue. Um, by... Oh, no, no. That was, the next, that was the next night. That was the Corkin show. No, it wasn't. She did it both nights? She did it both nights, yeah. Oh, I, you know what? I think because I had, again, I had Supercar to Honor on, I think I went to the other. So what was, so she, she insulted people both nights, huh? She definitely insulted people on this first night because um, she was talking about what they were going to go and eat. And then she, uh, she said that they only, those commoners only deserved, oh, was it Gyoko? I think the food was Gyoko, I think. I'm sure someone will correct me. Um and she said, you only deserve frozen Gyoko from the supermarket. But me, I'm going to have gold leaf Gyoko. And then walked off. Um, it was Whoa. <laughs> it was dampened slightly by the fact that she mispronounced Sutsunamaya, um, which is rich coming from me that mispronounces everything. Um, but she did acknowledge that and apologize. It was a, it was a decent promo, to be fair. Um, but it seems that we are going for a very snooty and co- sort of condescending heel character which to be fair okay yeah do it that's fine because when you've got Wacker who is a very fighting from below babyface I don't think May sort of occupies the same place as Wacker as well Um, so I think a convoluted heel works very well she doesn't wrestle like a heel though does she no, I mean, maybe she will, maybe after the Cinderella. I mean, who knows? But yeah, I know she cut the one. Again, I was kind of just trying to go through two shows. Um, and I know, obviously, the Corkin show, she basically said that ours every, and we'll get into it, basically saying that uh, you're going to go over to the Tokyo Dome Hotel and have lunch. And I can imagine me and you being in the crowd for that. And then you tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, Matt, do you want to, that sounds like a good idea. I'm like, yeah, let's go to the Tokyo Dome Hotel and have some lunch. Stay, May. Thanks, May Sakura. I appreciate the, uh, <laughs> I wonder if that was a cheap plug. I wonder if the t- people at the Tokyo Dome Hotel were like, hey, you know, uh, business is down. Maybe if we throw May Sakurai a free meal, you know, a $50 gift card, maybe she'll give her this little, a little plug at the startup show in front of 1,200 people. I don't know. Maybe. That's just good synergy. That's just good synergy. <laughs> I mean, I'll be perfectly honest. There's not a chance that's what it was. But I like your thinking, good I'm going to believe that one. Everybody. It's all about synergy, my man. All about, I love stardom <laughs> and good food, let me tell you. <laughs> um. And then, obviously, we had um, Tam versus Natsukatora, so our final, our semi... Let me try that again. Our quarterfinals, sorry, would be uh, Saki versus um, Wakatsukiyama, Mirai versus Inami, Sori versus Natsukatora, and Mei Sakurai versus Momo Watanabe, which would happen the next night in Corican. But before we nip over to Corican Hall, um, what about these three matches at the end, these multi-woman tag matches? Now, I know for a fact that you will have enjoyed the main event, but what about the other two? I thought they were both really good. You have Julia, Mike, and Himika. Um, I thought, you know, you had it was kind of a weird team with Yuna, Lady C, and Ami Sori, but it's always nice to see Julia, Mike, and Himika, which might be the last time we see those three together. 
Uh, I thought that match was really good. I liked how Lady C did not tap out, as you alluded to earlier. She passed out. So um, keeping the uh, keeping the C strong, buddy. Uh, and also, I do as much as I like the uh, the co-main event with Miyu, Yutami, and Saya versus the Cosmic Angels team of Natsupoi, Waka, and Mina. Is it just me, Rob, or am I wrong? That is weird when you hear the Cosmic Angels theme. There is no dancing because they do not dance, not unless Tam is there. I don't know if Tam is just like, look, I'm not there. You don't have privilege to dance. But just to me, when you hear that, ladies and gentlemen, may I have you? I'm expecting a big dance and just like the three of them kind of just walking out. Just that just seemed weird to me. It, However, the match was great. <laughs> it still seems weird to me that it's Unagi and Mina on the, uh, on like the, the new sort of, uh, on the new music. Really weird because obviously Unagi hasn't been there in a while and Mina's on the way out. So uh, it seems very odd. But yeah, I do see what you mean. Um, it's uh, obviously that's a very uh, a stylistic choice, obviously with uh, <laughs> with Meltier. But yeah, I, I I enjoyed all three of these matches that weren't the Cinderella tournament matches. I thought um, that Julia Himmiker and Micah versus Amisori Lady C and Unimizumori was great. Himmiker, uh, not Himmiker, Micah, proper ragdolling Lady C as well with that Garza Hijame. She held nothing back. It's no wonder Lady C passed out. It was probably legit. She was shooting on her. She was shooting on her. So uh, um, before we wrap this show up there, Mr. Goodwin, who's the person that got the pinfall in the main event? And do you know what? Do you know what made me laugh even more? <laughs> you, knew, you, knew this, you knew I was setting you up Absolutely. But what made me laugh was, at the end, even Mayu Iwatani was rocking out to this theme, singing along. Oh, she knew all the words. Oh, she was proper giving it some. Um, and, and rightly so, because it is an absolutely bombastic theme. <laughs> Maybe that's what we need to change the Stardomcast intro to. Let us know in the comments if that's what we should change it to. <laughs> are you ready? Go from, yeah! Go from, S-T-A-R-D-O-M, cast, Stardomcast! <laughs> and you should do it in a karma voice. Oh, boy. It's got off the rails. Podcast got off the rails. <laughs> that's metal rap, good one. Just, just sounds like the Tackler theme. Um... <laughs> Let's move on to Corrigan Hall then. Uh, the next day, Sunday, the 2nd of April 2023, in front of a sellout 1,295 people. As I alluded to, this is the third largest post-pandemic crowd stardom have pulled into Corrigan Hall, which was beaten out by two nights at the Five Star Grand Prix last year, uh, where they drew over 1,500. So uh, a good number for stardom, and they seem to be trending up, which is a good thing. So let's do what I did before and we'll go through those results. So um, in terms of, where are we? I'm looking at my notes. Where are we? There we go. Singles match. Micah defeated Aya with the Sazanka in 6 minutes and 41 seconds. We then had a tag team gauntlet match. So get ready. <clears throat> we had Hanako and Suri defeating Mariame and Mina Shirakawa. Julia and Tekla, Hina and Rina, Ruaka and Starlight Kid, Lady C and Miyu Amasaki, Hanan and Mayu Iwatani, Hazuki and Sayurida, Kogama and Momokogo, Tam Nakano and Yuna Mizumori. Some very sort of thrown together teams there, but even so, that lasted 22 minutes and 27 seconds with Suri getting the win with the white 
Tiger. Um, we then had our Cinderella tournament quarterfinals. Wakasuki Armour defeating Saki Kashima with a roll-up in 4 minutes and 44 seconds. Mirai defeating Xena with a package hold in 6 minutes and 23 seconds. Amisori defeating Natsukatora by getting her over the top rope in 4 minutes and 39 seconds. Mei Sakurai defeating Momo Watanabe via over the top rope in 4 minutes and 58 seconds. In the semi-made event, the Himika Road tag team match, uh, Kakairu Sakaguchi and Natsupoi versus Himika and Miyuki Takesi? Takesi? Takesi. Say it with confidence. Takesi um, ended in a 15-minute time limit draw. I will just say that um, I know I was calling her Show Sakaguchi. I have now been informed that um, Show Sakaguchi is a uh, Google Translate issue. Um, it is Kakairu, so there you go. Um, and finally, match eight, our main event, an artist of Star Championship match, Prominence defeating the Queen's Quest team of Yutami Haishishita, Sayakamatani, and Azumi, um, successfully retaining on their second title defense with Suzu Suzuki pinning Yutami with a rolling German suplex in 15 minutes and 53 seconds. Um, so, Matt, let's talk first about the Cinderella tournament quarterfinals. So, obviously, we know our final four because we talked about it at length at the start. Um, I was a big fan here of the Xena and Mirai match. I thought it was easily the best Cinderella tournament. Like, legitimately, obviously, I know I wax lyrical about how funny I found the Saki and Suri match. But from an in-ring standpoint, Mirai versus um, Xena was probably my favorite match. I thought Xena showed off a lot more athleticism in this match. Some of those kicks to Mirai when she was on the apron, um, very, very athletic for a woman of her height. I thought very, very, very impressive. I thought they had really good chemistry. Um, and overall, like I say, probably the most solid in-ring encounter. I really enjoyed the Wacker and Saki match because it was a completely different Saki Kashima to the one that took on Suri. This was a very overconfident and cocky Saki who has beaten Wacker countless times and knew in her head that she would beat her again. Literally kicking seven shades out of her, not giving it a second's thought, and then literally got rolled up and ended up losing in four minutes. I thought that was a really good story. Wacker got very little offense in. She managed to do the hip attack, um, but apart from that, she pretty much ate Saki kicks, and that was about it. And I quite enjoyed that, Matt. Yeah, it was really good psychology. Um, like I talked to, like I said before, the fact that Saki beat Sherry in such a, you know, tried to cheat 19 times really puts a lot more heat going on in this match. And everybody loves Waka. It is literally the ultimate Cinderella story. So maybe that, maybe this whole tournament, that's what it's all built upon. And we're just kind of overlooking it. I mean, we'll, we'll see here, you know, in uh, the upcoming weeks. But yeah, I think the two best matches from these two sh two shows, at least from the Cinderella point, uh, is Mirai Saida and Mirai versus Zena. So uh, Zena, I'm very impressed with Saida. We love. What does that speak about Mirai? I mean, she's just uh, she's just a top tier worker. She really, really is. But yeah, uh, Zena really, really impressed me. And like I said before, that I'm really excited to see what she does. You know, with uh, with a Saida, with a match with versus Sherry, versus a match with the Momo Watanabe, a Utami match. So. Uh, I mean, you're again, you already had a stacked roster, and we always have some really tasty, intriguing matchups. And now that you're putting Azina in there, who I'm already impressed with, and she's going to be giving more time. So uh, it's going to be exciting to see where they go with her from there. I liked how um, 
Torah and Ami, like Torah body pressed Pam out to win. Now I didn't like that. Don't get me wrong, but I liked how Ami basically did the same thing to her to eliminate her. And we did have two uh, jump start matches, you know, with uh, obviously Torah jump starting Ami. Sorry, because that's the Aweta type thing to do. And then uh, May Sakurai jump starting Momo, um, basically giving a taste of her own medicine. Then Momo taking the bat. And then going batter up on Momo once enough. I mean, I guess if you have one of the heaviest hitters in the history of the company and that uh, now cheats, I guess that's the best way to take her out. And uh, that's basically kind of what she did. So it's like, man, we're seeing a very, very super aggressive May Sakurai, not only in the ring, but out of the ring. And I guess now on the microphone, Rob. <laughs> I mean, think? absolutely. She, she's been throwing barbs like all weekend and then she was throwing shots with that baseball the one that she hit though like so obviously as she's taking this baseball bat off momo momo's managed to duck underneath it the first two times and then the time that may connects she proper clobbers momo straight in the chin with it like i know it's not a real baseball bat but that must have hurt, at least shocked her, because May did plop her straight in the chin with it. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a nice sort of disparity between um, sort of the calm and collected match that May sort of started having with Mariah May before it broke down. And then you've got the brawl in this match, and then you had the brawl with the Tora and Amisori match. Um, I quite liked the Natsukatora and Amisori match simply because of how much Tora attempted to throw at Amisori, especially when she was on the apron. And Amisori, like one of the things that I know you don't like is, especially for eliminations, where someone no-sells the move and gets back up again and just throws that person off as though nothing happened. Whereas here, Amisori is literally clinging onto the ropes for dear life as Natsukatora hits her with the DVD, with senton after senton after senton, then tries to get her up to the top rope to hit a DVD. Um, and I thought that was really good. It was a good little story, especially as all of these matches, I think, if you put them all together, I think it only lasted 20 minutes. So overall, what were your thoughts of all four matches, as as short as they were? No, I thoroughly enjoyed them. I really, really did. Like I said, the uh, the Xena versus Mirai was my favorite. And they all, again, yeah, they all stood out to be something different. Um, you know, you have, again, kind of May Sakurai taking a much more uh, vicious approach to things. You had uh, Tor and Ami Sori. They didn't even, they didn't, they started brawling in the back. All of a sudden, you just see this commotion happening in Cork and Hall. I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. So that was a little different there again. You kind of just have Waka just eating strike after strike after strike on Saki Cashman, and she gets rolled up which is kind of weird because that's kind of what Saki uh, does. You know, she takes a beating and then she rolls you up with a kiss because eye. So it's like, ha taste of your own medicine. So I thought <laughs> that, uh, I thought all four matches were good, but I'd like to just touch upon the tag gauntlet real quick, if you don't mind there, good sir. Of course. Um, you know, you can kind of look at this like, ah, it's kind of a throwaway. It's kind of get everybody on the show. It's kind of to get everybody out there in front of Cork and Hall so they can see, you know, their Mayus and their Tams or whatever. I thought Mayu and uh, Hanan, who were, I think they might have been here the longest, I thought they were great uh, as a team. Would not mind seeing them have a uh, run going for the Goddess of Stardom Championship or even them as a tag team in a future Goddess of Stardom Championship because I thought they were great here. Uh, again, this is kind of be looked at as a throwaway, but I guess nobody told that to Tam and Julia because uh, <laughs> after, after, you know where I'm going here because all you know, Tam's team gets the uh, they they get the win uh, over Mayu and uh, Lady C. I'm sorry, over um, yeah, uh, Mayu and uh, Hannah. And then all of a sudden, 
uh, Julia comes out and like, oh, geez, are, are they going to really, I mean, it's Cork and Hall, they keep heating this up. So then they do the over-the-top rope double elimination. And so now you have to have the next two teams come out. So you have four teams that are coming out, four wrestlers that are coming out in moments. And these two just start throwing each other through chairs all through Cork and Hall. It's like, yeah, I guess that was their assignment. They got to the back and Rossi guy was like, okay, here's what's going to happen. Tam, you're going to win in a roll-up. Drew's going to come out. Whatever you want to do, double the over-the-top rope elimination. And then do something a little bit more to heat up your match going to Yokohama. Oh, we're already outside. We may as well throw each other through chairs. Like, holy gee. It's like, or either that or they like, hey, Hazuki's going to produce your segment. Like, oh, yeah, uh, tag gauntlet. Uh, yeah, just hurt each other as much as possible. All right, you guys got it. You know, like, <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah, it was great. Really, it was it was great fun. You had the comedy bits, obviously, with Unimus Amori and Mayu, but then you had the good story beats and a little bit more build because obviously this happened the day before the press conference and this sort of just added a little bit more fuel to the fire to what will be an absolutely brutal press conference <laughs> um these last two matches then so let's start with the Himika retirement road tag match um as soon as it went over 10 minutes i was like this is going to a 15 minute draw however didn't mind at all thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed this match match yeah, absolutely. And I knew uh, next to nothing about Takasi and uh, Sakucha. Sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. That, that's uh, usually that for you. Obviously, know a lot about Himika and Natsupoi, but I thought both were great, especially uh, Sakucha's, or the way she works her arm into the arm bars. Very, very shoot style, which I absolutely love. I thought all this stuff was great. I thought all four women really, really got a great opportunity to shine. Would not mind seeing these these other two ladies that are not part of the Stardom roster be sprinkled back in from time to time because I thought they were all great. Yeah, once they got back to about ten minutes and you hear the announcer counting down the time, like yeah, this is going to a time limit draw, which I thought the uh, main event was going to go to a time limit draw. I'm like, whatever, I'll take I'll take that, not a problem. Obviously, didn't we'll get into it, but uh, I liked how the um, they were building towards the finish. Uh, Himika hits the JP coaster on Takucha. She gets a two count, and the crowd who was into it then they start getting really really hot because they know they have to sprint towards the finish. How they sprint to the finish, everybody starts throwing lariats. And Natsupoi's hitting spin kicks. And it's like they're really, whatever's left in the gas tank, they have these last 30, 40 seconds to empty it. And all four ladies empty it. I thought it was great. Again, I have no problem with time limit draws when they make sense, which does a really good job of having it make sense or not overbooking them in most of these shows. Uh, I enjoyed it. and I actually gave it four stars. How about you, buddy? Um, I gave it three and three quarters. I thought a really solid tag match, one that you're absolutely right. Most of the time, Stardom do a good job of the time limit draws, and most of the time they make sense. Um, I thought this was another great example. I thought Natsupoi was, again, once again, inducted into her own little hall of pain because she was beaten into a pulp again. Um, but she does it so well. She just she does it so well. And uh, fear for her in Yokohama. We'll get into it. I fear for her in the Yokohama oh reading show, god. buddy. <laughs> oh my god, poor poor Nadza boy. She she really does take an absolute <laughs> beating. But to be fair, she takes it better than anybody else on the roster, with the exception of Mayu. So, <laughs> um, and then this main event, man. Like what a match! Give me Suzu Suzuki and Yutami Hayashishita in a ring for thirty minutes uninterrupted because it was great 
thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this defence. I thought all three women on both sides had great chemistry with the other. I thought Azumi's stuff with uh, Karumi, with Suzu Suzuki, was fantastic. I thought Saya and Risa Sarah had really good chemistry. But for me, that closing stretch with Suzu Suzuki and Utami was everything I want in wrestling. I want to see them go again. And if Suzu Suzuki is in the five-star this year, which I hope to God she is because she had a great one last year, I'd love to see her get to a final. That would be great. But to have her against Utami, singles match, no over-the-top rules, no tiles on the line, just beating each other and throwing bombs, I would take that in a heartbeat. You look at, and again, one of the many, many, many things that why I love Start as much as I do is how important their tag, or not their tag, well, their tag, but their championships are. Obviously, what they've been doing with the red belt and the white belt over the past few years has just been fantastic. The high speed, you know, you had basically the last handful of years, you've had Starlight Kid, Natsupoy, and Azumi pretty much dominate the division. Nothing wrong there, and then really Azumi dominating the division for the last year. The tag title situation uh, has been, you know, has been pretty solid as well. But then you take like the artist belts, like you go from uh, Cosmic Angels, Tam Mean, and Yunagi, who had a phenomenal run. They lose it to My Himi Poi, uh, Micah Himika Natsupoy. They have one of the greatest runs ever, and then not only that, but like their match, the, the matches that uh, were or they had fantastic matches and then the match where they lost the belts to Momo uh, Starlight Kid and Saya Kamatani or not Saya Kamatani uh, Saki Kachima what a match that would be that was my overall tag match of of the year for stardom so and then they went they'll go have you know great uh, title defense with uh, Hana Koguma uh, and Hazuki and then the match where they dropped the belts to you know the prominence team and then you throw this match on it here it just shows you and the fact that they this was the main event you know, the artist, uh, the Triangle Derby Finals with the belts on the line was the main event of one of the best stardom shows ever. This goes to show you how important stardom values the titles. And this match, I mean, no exception. I mean, it's right up there with the matches that I just uh, just made mention to. I mean, just the great artists of stardom championship matches we've been getting over the last, you know, year and a half, two years is just mind-blowing. And yeah, this makes no uh, no exception. It's, it, when, when you look at this match, you're like, okay, you know they're going to pair off in tags. They're going to pair off in singles. You know you're going to want to see Suzu and Saya tie it up again, and they were great. We knew we were going to get a little bit of Utami and Suzu. We actually got a lot of it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That was the best part of both of these shows, as good as the wrestling was, was their finish. But, like, if you would have told me that, yeah, Harugi and Azumi is going to have a lengthy time in this match. It's going to be awesome. I'm like, all right, I like to kind of see that because you want to talk about a clash of styles, but that just goes to show you how great both these wrestlers are. That was fantastic. Uh, you know, they had a nice heat on Azumi. Aphrodite had to come in and make the save. I'm all about, you know, what you said before. Give me Utami versus Suzu Suzuki. Give me Suzu and Risa versus Aphrodite, uh, Saya and Utami. That's a match I really want to see. All six of these ladies were absolutely fantastic. And then you're getting towards the closing stretch where you're like, all right, we're going to get a long stretch of Suzu versus Utami just dropping each other on their heads. And I was like, this is going to go to a time limit draw, and I have no problem with it. And then you see uh, Suzu hit her. She hits the tequila tequila shot, and then the uh, the German suplex combo. And I'm like, oh, Utami taking a pinfall, which is very rare, but it makes sense. You know they weren't going to uh, swap the belts. As much as I, probably more than anybody, would love to see Azumi Sai and Utami be the artists of Saturn champions. Not, not just yet. I think it's going to happen. Not just yet, but at the same time, Utami eating the fall here, Rob, makes sense because what does Utami have coming up that's really big? Really not much. 
Um, and that's no disparaging mark to her. You, Tommy's fantastic. She'll be at the top of the card again very soon. But you have Azumi challenging in a three-way for the IWGP Women's Championship match with Hazuki and Mercedes Monet, which you know we'll talk about here in a moment. Obviously, you have Saya and one of the big main events coming up uh, at the Yokohama Arena show. So it makes sense for you, Tommy, to eat the fall. Not only that, but then you get Suzu Suzuki, this prominence team, and the belts moreover by cleanly pinning one of the four, what we call one of the four pillars. Uh, in current stardom in Utami. I thought the match was brilliant. The crowd was, for, even before the bell rang, the crowd was so into this. And it just built and built and built and built. And again, this is one of the best artists of stardom matches I've seen in the last two years. I had this baby at a solid four and a half stars. I had it at four and a quarter. I thought, you know, since Cosmic Angels had the belts, like the artists of stardom belts have always had a reputation of just being flung onto the hot new thing and then sort of they are there. Um, which is a shame. It's unfortunately absolutely true, but it's a shame. However, since Cosmic Angels took them, um, there's not been a terrible reign and they've been given far more prevalence on the card and they've benefited from that. You look at my Hemi Poi, their matches were fantastic. They seem to have found like a home, especially as now stardom of running more pay-per-views. The Corrigan Hall shows have fallen down the importance order, let's say. You know, it's still a huge venue. It's still an important moment on the stardom calendar, but not as important as it once was. So let's use the artist of stardom belts to main event those shows and i think that's really 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 helped the prestige of the belts because again you know you're going to get fantastic matches you know that run that you mentioned before from oeditai was great they had absolute bangers and if you can say yeah ultimately these are the six woman belts they don't have a great reputation six six person belts very rarely do however you know you're going to get 15-minute brilliant tag team action, people start to care about the titles. I care more about these titles now than I have ever done. And that's thanks to the fact that they've been... I mean, there was a big run for Cosmic Angels. I think they held them for 291 days. Big run for uh, My Himipoi. I think they held them for 100 and something, hundred late hundreds. Um admittedly, Oeditai didn't hold them for long. I think they won them at fight in the top and lost them at Dream Queendom. But even so, there wasn't many bad defences in those three tile runs at all. And then Prominence have had a fantastic match against God's Eye in the final of the Triangle Derby and a great match against Queen's Quest here. And that's without taking into account who they're going to be facing at Yokohama. So props to Stardom for certainly reinvigorating a title that needed it um yeah whether it'll make whether it'll make people care about the triangle tarby or not i don't know um but even so i think they've done a fantastic job reinvigorating these tiles so props where props are due yeah and real real quick the last part about this match the cool spot in the match was you tommy picking up suzu for the uh hijack bomb and suzu suzuki basically in midair twists her body 180 and hits a picture perfect reverse poison rana Oh. I thought that was great. And then it just made sense for the finish because, you, you know, Suzu Suzuki compresses your neck with the uh, 
with the tequila shot and the two German suplexes back to back. So her hitting those four big moves uh, on Utami's neck, you know, made sense for the finish. But I thought that was just just brilliant, great match. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, go out of your way to watch it. I'm going to watch it again because I it came up uh, literally as I was going to bed last night. I'm like, I'll watch in the morning. So I was. I wasn't 100% invested, but obviously uh, I was like 90% invested. So I'm definitely going to watch it again tonight. Absolutely loved the match. I think as well, it wasn't even that... Um, it doesn't matter. Do you know why it doesn't matter? We've we've waxed lyrical about the match. Go and watch it. It, it is that yeah, good. Yeah, watch it. <laughs> um, obviously, this was um, all sorts of cut short by Kyrie's arrival. We'd been expecting... Um, her to announce who she was going to be um, wrestling or bringing along to Yokohama Arena. And it turns out that it's Natsupoi and uh, Siori Anu, who uh, is a freelancer, uh, has been doing a lot in Ice Ribbon at the moment. I know she's very, very, very popular. Um, and Matt, you may take your victory lap now because I said <laughs> I, it needs to be someone bigger. I didn't quite realize how over she was in Japan. So uh, I'm more than happy to take the L there, good sir. Well, to be fair, we both said it was going to be Io Shirai. And once I found out it wasn't, <laughs> I think I texted you and I was, I want to be the big brother. You know, it's just the dad in me. I was like, is somebody really cool? They set up another great match for Corican, And I just want to soften the blow. It wasn't Oscar Mako Satomaru or Io Shirai, but it sets up a really cool match. So I just, I like to do that from time to time. If I know something before, like we're both excited, it's going to be Io. Everyone thought we were nuts, which you're right. We are a little crazy. Uh, obviously it wasn't, but the, this obviously sets up a phenomenal, phenomenal artist of style, artist of stardom title defense. Um, and again, if you don't think that they're taking these belts seriously, the fact that one of the biggest stars in the history of the company is is challenging for these belts, uh, you know, you got another thing coming. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And um, yeah, it's it's going to be a kick-ass match. Let's <laughs> let's let's be perfectly honest. There's no point in mincing words. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. Um, Anu has been in Stardom before. I think she was there till about 2017. Um, and she was part of, I think her trial series was something called Start or something. Um, but at the press conference, they announced that their trio's name is going to be Restart. So I think that's a call back to that. I'm sure someone will sort of fill me in on a little bit of background for that. But I'm excited. That's going to be a very, very, very good match. I do expect prominence to retain um but you know you we'll, talk, we'll talk about it in two weeks don't give things away buddy don't give things away <laughs> i did think it was nice though how when Kyrie came out and uh when siori anu came out and um you saw you saw suzu suzuki's face just like oh my god I, I thought that was really cool um i thought that was really nice um anyway um we're gonna stop there uh short of two hours oh, uh Real, I know we're on two hours. Real quick, we got that big match coming up this weekend, buddy. IWGP Women's Match. We have. We have got that match coming up. Um, we'll be obviously reviewing it in full next week, and we'll be talking a little bit about the rest of um, Sakura Genesis as well. But it's an IWGP um, Women's Championship defense. Mercedes Monet, the champion, the second champion in her second defense, in her first defense, sorry, second defense, what am I on about? First defense in a triple threat. Hazuki and Azumi. Um, we talked last week about how it's fifth on the card and uh, Gado is not a fan of the women's wrestling. So we're not expecting a great deal of time, but 
again, as you pointed out last week, Matt, if you've only got six, seven, eight minutes, you want Azuki and Azumi in the ring because they're two of yep. the best high speed wrestlers to do it. Yeah, and Mercedes Monet's no slouch either. And she did actually, as of this morning, she did tweet or Instagram a picture out of her training in the stardom ring. So there you have it, folks. She's going to be in Japan for the whole month, probably spending a lot of time training in the stardom ring. So if you thought she was good now, the fact that she's going to be working out with literally the best of the best. Uh, and when it comes to three ways, that's not a match where you're like, all right, kid, I'll see you out there. We'll call it in the ring. You literally need to call everything A to Z, and I have absolutely no problem with that as long as the match is good. Um, and I don't mean A to Z, M. See what I did there? Uh, Very good. Very but, uh, good. <laughs> but, but I think that they're kind of just going to plan a lot of their match out, and I think it's going to be an absolute barn burner. I'm expecting at least four and a quarter stars that me and Mr. Goodwin are going to put. Uh, again, that's the match I'm definitely looking forward towards the most uh, this holiday weekend. I fully expect uh, Mercedes to retain. As much as I would love to see Hazuki with that belt, obviously they want to draw the most people they want to Cork and excuse me, Cork and Yokohama Arena. And I mean, if you if you know anything about women's professional wrestling, the one of the biggest dream matches that we've been asking for for the last three or four years is Sasha Banks, Mercedes Monet versus Mayu Iwatani. And let's face it, folks, we are getting it in a few weeks, and we are so lucky. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. There is not a chance that they would risk not selling out this venue or not selling a huge amount of tickets by not giving us Mercedes. They've literally got a dream match in the palm of their hands. They are 100% doing it. There's there's just no way they wouldn't. Um, so you think four and a quarter. That, that, that's, that's your what- ceiling. That's why I think. Uh, obviously, I'm hoping it goes five. Obviously, obviously, you know, I want I want nothing but the best for these three ladies. But I'm assuming that's where I think my mind's going to be at. That when I review, when we reviewed, when I watch this match early Saturday morning, because I'm I'm probably not going to get up right when the show starts like I do for Stardom. I'll probably watch this match live, take a nap, and then maybe come back to uh, the other matches, um, especially that main event with uh, Okada and Sonata. But, uh, yeah, I'll be watching this match live. When I get done watching it and writing my review, uh, taking my notes, I, that's where I'm going to be at. Again, I hope I hope it's better. I hope they completely blow it out of the water, even more than my expectations. How about you? Where do you where's your pre- a preconceived notion on this one, my friend? I'm going to be positive and say four and a quarter. Um, I hope they are given the time they deserve because, let's face it, again, they deserve it. They're going to blow it out of the park. Um, We'll see. We'll see. Um, I'm less confident now I've seen that uh, that sort of report about where Gado is. But again, we'll see. We'll see. Let's be positive. It's going to be awesome. We're getting Mercedes Monet versus Suzuki versus Azumi. It's going to be great. And also, it's a great advert for stardom. Getting it on a big start, a big New Japan show. Like it's You can't sort of and the other two ladies, Rob. Yeah, I mean, let's let's go. I mean, Azumi and Hazuki. There's a lot of lot of people over here in America. A lot of uh, people that I know, uh, you know, friends of mine that are going to. Well, I don't know if they're going to watch this match live, but they're going eventually going to watch it. And my thing is like, you know, obviously they're huge, you know, WWE fans and they're huge fans of Sasha Banks. I'm like, wait till you see the caliber of athletes and performers that she is going to be in the ring with. Like, it's a big opportunity, especially for them, for Azumi and Hazuki, specifically to get more eyes on them in, in over here in the States. So, and they're going to find out what we've known for a long time, just how damn good these two girls are. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, next weekend then. So obviously Stardom have got quite a few shows. Um, they decided to run a show on the 8th, which is the same day as Sakura Genesis. So Stardom have got shows running, I believe, on the 8th, uh, the 6th in Sendai, which is where we will find out who that mystery member of Club Venus is going to be. So as you are listening to this on Patreon, uh, then you will already know hopefully. Um, If you're listening to this on the free feed, you definitely will already know, but we don't. So uh, there you go. Um, They are in Amori on the 8th of April, um, in Yamagata Big Wing on the 9th, and then we did sort of go through those cards. Um, The two cards that are that weekend, of course, is the Corican Show from the 14th and then the Cinderella Tournament Finals on the 15th. We've gone through the Cinderella Tournament Finals. I'm not going to repeat myself. Um, But in terms of Corican Hall, Saturday the 14th of April, the card stands thusly. Uh, Three-way match, Hina versus Hanako versus Aya Sakura. Singles match, Konami versus Waka Tsukiyama. Tag team match, The New Eras versus Ramkai Chow and Yuna Mizumori. Tag team match, Meltia versus Maysak Ryan Tekla. So, Matt, you'll get the entrance. Um, 12-woman elimination <laughs> tag team match, Mayu Iwatani, Hazuki, Kagama Hanan, Sayurida and Momokogo taking on Natsukatora, Ruaka, Rina, Momo, Watanabe, Fuki can death making her return, and Starlight oh. Kid. <laughs> we know uh, the fetish. <laughs> absolutely. Roll up. It's, a, it's an elimination match, so uh, she'll definitely get at least one elimination with uh, with the roll-up, with the O'Connor roll. Um, Eight-woman tag team match, Yutami Haishista, Saya Kamatani, Lady C and Miyu Amasaki taking on Mina Shirakawa, Mariah Mezina, and that mystery woman. And then our final two matches, high-speed championship match, Azumi the champion taking on Saki Kashima, and the last ride for my Himi, uh, Micah and Himika taking on ALK in what will presumably be the main event and also be an absolutely crushing match, Matt. All those cards just sound fantastic. They really, really do. I mean, Simon does a great job on these, you know, quote unquote road to shows. I mean, I'm sitting here again, I talk all the time and wax literally about how stacked their roster is. And everybody really just needs to they on these shows, they really try to one up each other. And that's just, you know, iron sharpens iron. Uh, and it's a reason why I don't know why people don't subscribe to Stardom World and see this stuff for seven dollars a month because it's it's fantastic. But yeah, I mean just those matches you were running down, those are absolute barn burner, you know, matches. I'm really excited to see the uh the you know basically the Club Venus team versus the Queen's Quest team. That sounds really good. And even all of a widow tie versus all of stars, uh, I think it's gonna be you know, absolutely fantastic. My prediction, I'm early prediction is Han and is the sole survivor. I'm betting with my heart on that one. But uh yeah, though all these shows sound absolutely fantastic. And this is gonna be just a banner month for start. And this is really gonna be probably one of the busiest and probably most important months in the history of the company. And uh, they're doing it right by giving us a lot of these stack shows. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so next week we will go through that IWGP Women's Championship match from Sakura Genesis. We'll be going through the Cinderella Tournament Finals and we'll be giving you our winners as we preview that card. We'll also talk about those shows from the 6th, the 8th and the 9th as we had, as Matt said, into perhaps the busiest 
period in stardom's calendar um but yes thank you so much for listening guys we really 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 do appreciate it all of your support is absolutely fantastic and again any support is amazing thank you um subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts whether it's apple Podcasts, spotify google podcasts amazon music wherever you get your podcasts we are there if you can leave us a five-star review that greatly helps us out on whatever app you are on we're getting loads on spotify so thank you we cannot thank you enough even more on apple podcasts will be great as well um if you want to join the patreon patreon.com forward slash the stardom cast of course it's insane april so we're all kairi related over there on patreon at the moment and of course the brand new patreon will launch on the first of may um on social media find us at the stardom cast if you want to talk to me you can find me at at real rob goodwin matt where can they find you and sign us off good sir before I, che- I uh, give all the uh, fancy plugs to my social medias, I just want to wish everybody a happy Easter. If you do celebrate it, please enjoy your time with your family. Please be safe if you're traveling anywhere. Um, I, will, I will be enjoying my time with my family as Easter is one of my favorite holidays. So uh, please enjoy your time. Uh, before I give my plugs, I also want to give a uh, quick shout out to uh, the Longbox Heroes podcast as they gave us a shout out on their podcast today. So if you're a fan of comic book and comic book podcast that is my go-to i listen to them every wednesday morning when their podcast drops so thanks to uh joe and todd over at long box hero for giving us a shout out on their podcast and i figured i would just return the favor so uh yeah again if you are a fan of comic book and comic book podcasts that is in my opinion hands down the best one to listen to so again thanks todd and joe for the shout out on your show this week um if you want to get a hold of me matt turner of on the instagram and or the twitter is the best way to get a hold of me if you want to shoot me an email that's fine as well the stardomcast22 at gmail.com is the email address for that once again folks we cannot say thank you enough for all the support um every week when i check the numbers on social media the podcast is just growing and growing and that's all because of you like i said folks if you need anything you know how to get a hold of me because it's just not my podcast it's our podcast because we're almost together and everybody's different everybody's special credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.